0: What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Smoking Section. I'm your host, KJ, and on today's episode, I am joined by another member of the autoflower community, here to tell us more about his grow techniques and share some tips on living soil. He's known on YouTube as Farmer Hatbeard. I want to welcome to the show, Lou. How's it going, Lou? Hey, man. How's it going? Nice to
1: meet
0: you. Nice to meet you. I'm glad you could join us. I hear you got some uh, pertinent information on the microbes for us.
1: I am happy to be
0: here, and this is
1: actually my very first podcast,
0: so I'm, I'm honored.
1: <laughs> right on.
0: Well, part of the uh, the smoking section is uh, we, we like to get a little of our homegrown out and, and medicate while we talk. So you have something to smoke with us today?
1: Uh, actually, yeah, I do. I've got uh, some ba- – uh, what is this? Hold on a second. This one is for – no, I'm sorry. This is Bear-Ass Monkey from Mephesto Genetics that I actually just just finished doing a cure-up on a couple of weeks ago, and since you, I'm bringing you with me, actually, because I left my pipe out in the other room, and I decided, since you said that, I was like, I'm going to go get it. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. And I'll pop out a little bud.
0: I've got a pre-roll here. I've got some hijack that I just grew out. It uh, just finished cure. Um, oh, nice. a cross of AK-47 and Jack Herrera. This one was bred by uh, autoseeds.com. Those guys sent okay. some seeds out to the team. We grew this out. It uh, actually had a strange leaf variegation kind of going on uh, in, in its uh, early stages of flower, which was kind of neat. It was really pretty, um, but it, it ended up uh, that like every time I opened the tent, they were always praying. Even, you know, middle of the dark period, you know, because I'll, I'll, I'll run 20 and 4 or 18 and 6, kind of depending. But during the dark period, I, I could open the tent and they would still be praying even in the dark.
1: So oh, isn't that unusual? That's cool. It
0: really was. It really yeah, was. It really real was. Cool. But it definitely produced a really fantastic flower. I really, I really have been enjoying this.
1: I actually just finished a Girl Scout cookies from Art of Scenes, I believe uh it's hanging up in my drying room right now it it was a freebie seed that i got a while ago and i've been sitting on it forever and i just randomly decided to plant it it came out fantastic
0: right on man well i know you're going to be enjoying that mephisto stuff uh so I, i understand that you do uh you do a lot of mephistos gear you run a lot of it they
1: are pretty much my my jam now um when I first started out outgrowing autoflowers, let's see, it was 20, the end of 2012 is when I first started some auto flowers for the first time, and I bought, like, a Joint Doctor Lowrider. And, man, I look at, at pictures of that plant today, and I laugh because it was this little thing. And, of course, I was a brand-new grower, too, so I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I had grown some plants inside before, but never really produced anything that I would say I was proud of. Um, and, uh, I ran across Dynafem, which was an older company. They've been around forever based out of Spain and they're currently having lots of problems. They don't have any stock available, but I was, when I found out they were going under, I went right into Attitude Seed Bank and, and bought was like $200 worth of their seats because they've got some fire autos. Um... And Barney's Farm was another one that I first started with. One of my very first autos was Barney's Farm Blue Mammoth, and that came oh, out whoa, fantastic. Guys. Yeah, they are they are great. I did some some of their Dosi and it came out fantastic. I'll definitely get more of their beans in the future. You know, I always saw Mephisto on on the seed banks, and I'm like, I've never heard of these guys before. And then one day I decided to just pull the trigger, and I think I tried. I think it was Alien versus Triangle. And maybe that was the other one. Maybe a tooth decay. They had one called Tyrone Special. You know, the names were weird. I'd never heard of them. And I was like, ah, what the hell? I see people talking about them. I'm gonna give them a shot. And man, I was sold from the very beginning. Man, some of the frostiest plants that I have ever seen. And since then, I've just been, you know, since Dynafem went out, when got out of the game, I just started getting all my seeds from Mephisto. and uh, I have not been unhappy with any gear that i've grown from them so far um and i think probably you know well with it now it's 2023 so 10 years later and probably well over 300 plants i probably only had four or five over the years that didn't didn't germinate from them i had one that turned male forever ago but i mean that could have been my fault too so who knows and they actually Yeah, they actually, uh, they reached out to me, I don't know, about five or six months ago and asked me if I was interested in being a tester for their unreleased strains, which was like, whoa, hey, cool. They saw my Facebook and Instagram posts. They liked them and they liked the way my plants look. And they were, you know, very kind to ask me if I wanted to be a tester for them. So right now I'm on my third, third tester run with them. First, they sent me the Gelato, oh, what is it? I got it right here. It was Iced and Baked, which was a gelato cross with Mephisto's Wedding, which is a new one. And then they sent me this other one called Sunday Thumper, which is a gelato 45 times forum stomper. And I got two of those growing right now that I'm actually working on. a uh, My latest YouTube video that I posted was planting. I have two main videos on, on YouTube that talk in depth about planting with uh, that Soham living soil. And I made the first one a few years back, and I, it was time to update it. So I figured I would use their unreleased strain to do that with. And now I'm in the process of making a video journal about them. They're, uh, it looks like they're about five weeks old right now. So I've just been taking clips along the way, and I'm going to turn it into a nice big grow journal when it's done. And then the last ones they sent me are... Old school mango haze and the Walter White BX1, and I've got two of those growing now. They're still babies. They just started because they just sent those seeds out not that long ago. So I'm super honored to be part of part of their testing team, and uh, you know it makes me feel good.
0: That's really cool. Yeah, I think they uh, they sent some out to the review here. I think Mike's actually running that uh, old school mango haze. Oh factor. yeah, nice. We'll get to see that how that looks- turns out.
1: Yeah, that's a mango smile crossed with the old-school haze, I think, what it is. I've never, ironically, I've never run their straight mango smile before, but I've run a bunch of the mango smile crosses that they've sent out, and man, there are some big fucking plants in those. And the last one I did was a Cosmic Queen crossed with mango smile. I grew one of them, like, last year, and that thing wouldn't stop growing it it literally tried to grow over my legs, which is pretty high up and uh so I decided the next two that I did I was going to try like hell to keep them down, and I practically mainlined those things, and they just didn't they didn't want to stop they grew and, grew and grew and grew and grew, turned into these nice, beautiful bushes
0: Right on, man well, I'll tell you this my uh one of my dirty little secrets here is that I haven't ever ran anything Mephisto. I, uh, I do have a pack. Oh. I have a pack of uh, Tinto oh. de Verano uh, summer red line. Oh,
1: that's one of the Illuminatos in a gray bag probably, right? It is. Yeah, I have some of those. I haven't grown them yet either. You know, I find myself with this problem. You know, I run a, uh, a, a, what I call, I'm sure other people call it too, a perpetual auto flower grow. That's so I've I mean. always got, nice, so I've always got plants planted, and I've always got plants harvesting, and the hardest part of that is trying to pick, you know, every two weeks I'm putting something else down, and the hardest part is trying to pick from my ridiculous collection of seeds that I have no business having so many of, them. and trying to decide which one I want to plant. I keep going, oh, I got that straw of the Hut, I got the Tinto Verano, I got the Marlies Grand, the Chammy Dodgers, I'm like, sometimes I just bring it over to my, my oldest son, he's 19, I bring I uh, you know I bring him the list and I'm like which which one should I plant? Just pick one keep me get me out of the loop. Just tell me which one to do. But
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> it's always a it's always a struggle.
0: That's how it goes, man. Yeah. Well, you know, being part of the uh, autoflower review team, that's kind of taken care of for us. We let Mike pick out whatever it is we're gonna grow, and uh, it all comes from breeders to send it in. So. This is Liam with Atlas Seed, proud sponsor of the Autoflower Review. For direct access to the best of the best of our genetic library, check out our breeder selection marketplace at www.atlasseed.com. Now to the review. It's funny you say nice. that because no. I actually I've got uh, let's see I've got white grape from uh, Master Sensei in the dry tent, uh, actually ready to be Ooh. trimmed. I'm probably going to do that when we hop off the podcast. I've nice. got. Um, also from Master Sensei is uh, Jasmine Sunset. She's in my tent right now. I think she's ready to be. Ooh, that chopped. sounds pretty. That sounds uh, pretty. And then we also have Lobo Verde that I took down the other day. And that girl's hanging up as well. She's got a few more days. She needs to needs to try.
1: Yeah, of course, of course. Do right. you do yeah. all your tri- Do you do all the trimming by hand or do you use any equipment?
0: I do. I'm all about the those craft buds, man. I just part of it i'll sit here and just trim everything down you know and like i was saying that's just that's part of of being an auto flower grower man you have that option to have that perpetual grow where you've it's it's like thor said on one of the previous podcasts auto guys they always got something new
1: yeah that's that's what i love but that's that's one of my favorite things about it my second favorite thing is you know where i live We have a lot of power outages, and they don't just happen during storms. It will happen on some beautiful sunny Tuesday, and the power will go up for six hours, and that could wreak havoc on a flowering photo plant. So, you know, many reasons. There's a lot of reasons, but that's one of them. I love the fact that I can do it all in one tent. I can keep the conditions the same. I change my light cycle depending on the season. You know, right now I'm running 20 on, 4 off. And, but when the summer starts kicking and it starts getting really hot, I'm going to switch it to 18.6, you know, so the lights are off during the hottest part of the day. And then when winter rolls back around again, I'll put those lights on 24 hours a day and just crack my window and boom, temperature stays perfect all day and all night.
0: That's it, man. Yeah.
1: It makes it so much easier. And if the power goes out for two or three days, you know, you lose a little bit of growth, but the plants aren't going to suffer really.
0: True. Yeah, I think Mike had an issue with that a few weeks back. A few weeks back, maybe it had been a month or two back, but they had a bad storm uh, down in his part of the uh, country, and I guess it uh, knocked the lights off for like a day or so. So he was uh, uh, was worried that the, the grow might have been FUBAR, but I think mm. it actually worked out for him. So
1: yeah, I mean, a day usually it's fine, but this past. Uh... What was it just towards the end of this winter we had a big shitty storm and we were out of power for almost five days and we have a generator but it's not big enough that i can run my full, you know four by not four by eight and i just don't have the i don't have the the power to run all those lights and the dehumidifier and the air kit con- well no air conditioner in that time of year but um i do have a smaller tent that's just a two by four that i grow one photo plant at a time in that So if the power does go out, I can plug that setup into the generator and not have to worry about it. And the autoflowers, if it gets into two days or more, I'll just plug in one light and leave it on for a while, and then I'll switch it to a different light, leave that one on for a while, just so they get something. But, you know, you don't even really have to do that. Autoflowers get a lot of slack, but, you know, you hear people say, oh, they're easy, they're for beginners, you know, they don't. X, Y, Z, and really it's just two different animals, you know, they both have their advantages and disadvantages, but uh, anyone who I, who I talk to that, that preemptively knocks auto flowers, I say you've probably not grown them right.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely it, man. People who just say photos suck and it's all about, or, sorry, they, they say autos suck and it's all about the photos yeah, they yeah. probably just don't know how to grow autos, most likely. So they've come I've so never... long, especially in the last few years. You know, I mean these these guys are out here like really, really doing work with these these genetics. They're really putting out yeah. some, some real quality gear, and yeah, uh, yeah, it's not to be discounted. I mean, I... I mean, they're starting to use it in the commercial market even now too. Um, and that's the thing,
1: people. You. If you did a blind test, smoke this bud, smoke that bud, and tell me which one was autoflower, nobody. would. I mean, if you did, you'd have a fifty-fifty chance of guessing
0: right. Really, is what it comes down to. Oh yeah, I do that all the time, man. I uh, and people people can't tell. <laughs> I, they make little edible drinks and stuff here here in Washington that I, I like to get, and uh, you know, every once in a while I might pick up a little rosin or something here and there. Or, and uh, yeah. I'll, I'll talk to the bud tenders, man, and I'll, I'll I and mean, I'll talk their ear off, you know. But um, a lot of times, some of the, the cool dudes that I've I've met there, I've gave them samples, and they have no clue. They don't even know what an autoflower is, right. and they're just like, "That was some incredible stuff, man. I've never even had anything like that." Yeah, there you go.
1: The proof is right there. That's all the proof that you need. Yep, I do it. I do it at every
0: dispensary. I stop at, man. <laughs> the,
1: the, the one thing I will say, though, is that there's a lot of, there's a lot, I think a lot of people get sucked into bad breeders when they get into autoflowers. You know, I, I'm not going to name any names unless that's something you want me to do. Um,
0: hey, it's like I, I told uh, Ben from Speedrun you, you say what you want, you, you can be honest here.
1: Okay, so I've heard a lot of bad stuff about ILGM Seeds, especially, specifically their brand. I've heard people complain about Seedsman Seeds and show pictures of some really wonky-looking plants. And I think a lot of these guys are buying white-label seeds and rebranding them with their own names to, to get their seeds out in the market. Whenever anybody asks me to recommend, you know, people say, oh, who has the best auto seeds? And I say, well there's there's lots of great suppliers out there and there's plenty that I've never tried. You know, there's banks and then there's breeders. You know, once you find a reputable bank, reputable seed bank, you have to make sure you go to a reputable breeder. And I always tell people first, my first choice would be Mephisto. But that doesn't mean that there aren't other fantastic autoflowers out there. Um Barney's Farm, I've heard great things about speed run seeds. Um, um who else? Um
0: just a note on Bonnie, uh, Barney's farm, um, yeah, I'm sure the listeners remember, but uh, my last Barney's farm was a Runtz auto, and I netted like 312 grams off that one plant. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's they fantastic. Huge buds, man. Was, that is beautiful. Good genetics. That's what I can say about yeah. Barney's.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's another thing. Sometimes I see these people with autoflowers and they get mad because they only got two ounces off it and it's their first grow. And I say, you know what, man? When I started growing autoflowers, my goal was to grow one ounce off each plant. And if I got that today, I would probably still be happy with the way it turned out. (laughs) But they have. They've come a wicked long way. I mean, I've never seen one in person, but I have heard people saying that they're pulling you know, full pounds off of an olive flower. So I mean, who am I to say that it's not possible? It's not something that I strive for. If I grew a one pound plant in my in my room, I'd I'd have no room for you know other plants. So I I don't mind if they stay a little bit small. If I get four to six ounces off of a plant, I'm a happy camper.
0: And that's what Ben at Speedrun Run Seeds was telling me, man. He's he says that uh with, with the right genetics and he says he uh, he has some as well. Um but with the right genetics you can you can easily pull a pound off of an auto flower. and i guess he's been yes. doing it and he wants That's to great. help other people do it so i That's guess we're coming fantastic. out with a nutrient line a speedrun seeds nutrient line that comes alongside their genetics and uh i guess if you you know play your cards right and you follow the directions and take his advice i guess you can start getting closer and closer to a pound yourself
1: Wow. So is is it specifically for auto flowers
0: a nutrient line? Um I believe so. Oh, that's cool. I not don't, don't quote me on that, but I believe so. I think that's what he said cuz we started talking wow. about pronk nutrients which were also for uh, auto flowers, right? So Interesting. I, I believe it is. However, um he's he's a big proponent of of uh you know recycling and and uh uh, you know, health for the planet and such. So, what his company has sure. done is uh-huh. developed a liquid nutrient line that doesn't ship you any water. So he's got like a—I don't—I don't know if you know the old, um, like the bottles that sanitizer comes in that has like the little dosing cup on the side. So oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Send, you, send you one of those, and then the nutrient actually comes in a biodegradable paper bag, and you put your nutrient into that that bottle that he sends you. And you can reuse that bottle over and over to mix up, you know, with water and, and mix your nutrients. Oh, and you mix your own. That's smart, man. You
1: save a hell of a lot of shipping costs,
0: too, at that point. And then you, you just compost your bag right there in your soil. Oh that's, oh, that's fantastic. I'm
1: way out of the loop when it comes to liquid nutrients. I haven't used them in years. The last liquid nutrients I ran were by uh, I believe. I think I still got a bottle of it somewhere in the grow room.
0: Well, I I like both. Uh, when I when I do indoor stuff, I usually am using either bottled nutrients, dry amendments, or such like that. Out in my greenhouses is where I run most of my living soil or uh, any kind of other media like that. So, nice, nice. And that's one thing that Speedrun Seeds actually talks about uh on his episode. I don't think his episodes released just yet, but um by the time out this one airs, they should be able to go back and listen if they would like. And uh he he's an agronomist uh that works for a commercial grow in Southern Oregon. And his argument is that living soil and uh synthetic, I guess you could say, nutrients can produce the exact same effects. So it's just all about how you get there cuz either way yeah, yeah. you know your 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 living soils breaking down nutrients and making and making them available for the plant whereas right. the nutrients out of a bottle is just automatically ready for the plant. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean this what do they say this more than one way to skin a cat or something like that. I don't know where the hell that came from, but it's true. Yeah,
0: for sure. It's super know. educational. I'm trying to learn it all. I'm trying to wrap all my, my head all the way around it. It's a lot of information to take in, but, you know. That's, I mean, there's
1: nothing wrong with striving for more information. I'm always down to experiment and try to make my grow better. But I have to say, as an older guy, uh, I've gotten very comfortable in my, you know, I, I don't try to do something unless I can do it really well. Um, I started off as a musician when I was 11 years old. I picked up a bass guitar. I did that. I still do. I play from time to time. If you watch my YouTube videos, all the music that's on my YouTube videos is all original stuff. That's been either done by myself or, uh, my, my band with a close or a close group of friends that, you know, has come and come and gone over the years. Um, but uh, anyway, when I first started growing, I set out with a few goals and I started tweaking and decided to try some things. And a few years ago, when I found the Sohum soil, I kind of fell into a nice groove, man. And I haven't, I haven't deviated much from that setup. I mean, a little things here and there, you know, I change But things haven't changed that much over the years. I'm more of like a, I find something that works well for me and I'm going to stick with it. And that's when you know one point i was harvesting some plants and i think my wife suggested she's like you should make youtube videos i bet you, you can show other people what you're doing and they would probably be able to do the same thing you know so i started it up and uh answered a hell of a lot of questions and a lot of messages and um i actually got a lot of uh a lot of responses from people who were like hey i used your setup, and it worked really well and i'm like hey, that's awesome man. so i try to like I don't make any claims that anything that I do has any basis in scientific fact or botany or anything, because I'm not going to lie. I don't really know that much about plants in general, but I found a system that works really well for me, and it and and the, the outcome is fantastic. So I just tend to stick with it.
0: That's it, man. Well, you know, I'm I'm no ecologist either. Uh, I'm I'm trying to learn both myself, so. E- growling, to, see, i've never even heard that word before <laughs> <laughs> right well, i'm actually I'm, I'm trying to learn trying to learn both here and i actually went and watched your video uh i think i watched them all as a matter of fact but i, uh, I don't i don't want to
1: full disclosure i only have like six or seven now if that. There's not many three of them are very recent i went on a splurge not that long ago and threw a few together
0: yeah so so very educational um I watched your sohum video and if if you would kind of kind of give our listeners a uh a little inside view of of kind of how how you run autoflowers in that sohum soil. I will. Take your grow to a new level with new level hydroponics, state of the art hydroponic systems. The Autoflower Review uses New Level's Deluxe DWC system that features a venturi pump which allows water changes into a nearby sink. New Level Systems comes with everything you need to get going hydroponically with your budget in mind. We thank New Level for sponsoring our featured photo tent and allowing us to show you how superior they really are. Check out their systems at www.newlevelhydro.com.
1: All right, so I'm going to talk more about the latest video that I posted, uh, which is called, I believe, Autoflower Tutorial 2.0. It's it's one of the newer, longer ones um, where I updated everybody. So i trying to give you a quick verbal rundown. So really, I try to follow this pattern. I take a five-gallon bucket, fabric preferably, put a half an inch of perlite on the bottom, and then... I put some Sohum in there, a few scoops. And then I use, I, I've heard this thrown around a few times. I didn't know there was a term for it. People call it the Cyclops method, where you take an empty cup and you put it in the center of the pot, and then you fill around that cup so you can have an empty space. Because what I found when I first tried living soil, I planted seeds in it. And what I ended up was with three ridiculous little Coke sized plants that, you know, the buds grew fantastically fat and beautiful, but the plant stunted right out and was showing serious nitrogen problems from the very beginning, you know, and I was probably got about a quarter ounce off of each one. I was like, well, that didn't work. So I figured I need to lighten this up a little bit. So I started mixing in extra perlite. I started mixing in some cocoa, and then I started layering. So that's where I'm at now. I take the pot. I put about half full with sohum, and I put that cup in the middle, and then I take... um Currently, I'm using Coasted Maine seed starter. I used to make my own seed starting mix. As a, My very first YouTube video is that. Uh, but, you know, I'm getting older, got a busted shoulder, so I don't want to do a ton of mixing and lifting anymore. So I tried the coasted Maine seed starter, and it works fantastic. So I put that on the top half of the pot, and that goes all the way down to the bottom in like a V. And then I germinate my seed directly in there. And I put a humidity dome over it. And I usually see sprouts in you know four to seven days. And then they grow. And typically that particular mix is enough to get a plant all the way through veg with water only. So it'll grow. The only thing I will add is either some recharge, pepper it in, you know, once a week, like the instructions say. I'm actually trying out a new product that's, oh, I, I believe it's a micro, micro bio, humic something. It's called HydroBio. I apologize if the dude listens, I gotta feel bad because I forgot what it was called. But I think it's called HydroBio. And you add like a, you know, an eighth of a teaspoon to a gallon of water and uh, it's kelp and stuff that feed the microbes in the soil, uh, similar to a recharge product. And usually I do that starting around like four weeks, and then originally I would just let them go and I would top dress with extra Soham or end up you know, having to add some liquid nutrients because the problem with the living soil, and I think what people get turned off with they say it's water only, which even the guys at Soham will tell you, do not put seeds in the soil, you're gonna kill them. They will they'll stunt, they will not gonna be happy so you have to lighten it up from the beginning but then the problem is you don't have a big enough container to get it all the way through without having to add something to it so right. for the longest time i was using uh god may they rest in peace the uh the green sunshine company's uh dry amendment called earth dust uh-huh. uh they make a base and a boost and i was using the boost that's who i also got my lights from you've probably heard of electric sky led May they rest in peace. May they rest in peace. They went out of business, which is really unfortunate, but I'm glad I got my life from them because I love them. Um, and they, were, they made the earth dust, and I was finding that around 30 days, 35 days, I put about a cup and a half of that boost on the top and mix it in and then just water it in and keep it moist. And, man, that would make it take off and go all the way through with water only. So that's pretty much my jam now. I grabbed, like, eight bags of the earth dust when they when they were announced they were going out of business. And I'm still working through it, but I've been lately trialing uh, Dr. Earth Flower Girl as a dry amendment. And I think that's working equally as, equally as well. I'm not 100% sure on the dosing yet. I've been experimenting with you know, what the instructions say, and I do it a little less, a little more, see if I can push it. Uh, but I'm
0: happy with the results.
1: So I just talked a lot.
0: <laughs> so you're so you re uh, reamending like right before flower that-
1: pretty much yeah. yeah usually around usually around day 30 look at my calendar i need to make a youtube video for my calendar because a lot of people ask me about you know i keep one of those big old school wall calendars that you see in a shop where i keep track of all my plants what week they're in watering, but it's all color-coded, and actually now that I'm looking at it, or or maybe it's that bear-ass monkey, but it looks very well-organized. So let's see, when was the last time I gave something here? So man-bear-alien-pig, I just gave that, let's see, that's in day 28, 33. so on 33 days, I gave a cup and a half of earth dust to to these man-bear-alien-pigs, and they got really big. I, I wish I could show you, because I would show them to you, because they friggin' got huge, which is amazing. So I amended those a little bit earlier as well now I'm looking at my calendar again. I actually hit those at 25 days with a half a cup, and then I hit them again at 35 days with a cup and a half, so two cups total in each pot, and um, that's going to take them all the way through. I won't need anything but water for the rest of it. I might use some of that recharge or the hydro bio, but I don't even really think that's necessary.
0: So, do you find that you have to reamend sooner or more often whenever you, you're doing photos versus autos?
1: So, with photos, I usually don't end up having to reamend. Um Again, I don't start my photo seeds and so on. I put them in the Coast of Maine seed starter in a, in a solo cup or a little peat pot. and um, Or I'll even sometimes want to do because the Coast of Maine is a great soil, the seed starter. Uh, but it doesn't have a ton of food in it. So uh, traditionally, photoperiods can handle more nutrients than autoflowers, or at least that's been my experience. And they don't mind if the soil is a little bit stronger in the beginning. So I'll usually take the coast of Maine and mix it like three to one. You know, I'll take a little scoop and I'll do three coast of Maine and one, cup, one of Sohum and mix that up and put it in a solo cup and I'll start the seed in that. But after a couple of weeks in there, I go straight to a one-gallon pot full of straight Sohum, and I'll let that chill in there until it's ready to start training, and, and then I'll move it into a three-gallon pot of full Sohum and let it stay in there while I train it a little while, and then, again, water only, and then I go into a 15-gallon pot for the final one. Um, the last plant I grew was a, was a uh, In-house genetics, Punch 3.0. It was one of those random free seeds I got. And man, she was not disappointed. She was friggin' fantastic. I didn't amend that grow at all. It was water only all the way through. I think I only used the recharge twice. Um, The key with the living soil is if you have a big enough pot, you really can get away with just water only. But with a photo period, I would say, you know, that minimum size would be 15 gallons for flowering uh, if you don't want to amend. Maybe you could get away with 10 if you didn't let it get super huge. But when I grow a photo, I train that thing to fill up my whole two by four, you know, so it's just a big blur, you know, taking up the whole let
0: I see. Well, I, uh, I actually grew a photo last year in the greenhouse uh, in soil. And I think I was in a seven-gallon, yeah, yeah, seven-gallon pot, uh, cloth pot. And I was using the Gaia Green amendments. And I think right before flower, right, right before it started uh, going pre-flowers, I started amending it with some of the Gaia Green's bloom amendment, dry amendment, and just power bloom.
1: I think it's called. Yeah. Yeah. I need to try that Gaia Green. That's definitely on my list of ones to try. I decided to try the Dr. Earth first because it, I'm like, this is a lot cheaper than all the other ones, so I'll, I'll try. I don't like dudes where it's cheap. This one's a lot more inexpensive than the other one, so I'll try this one first. But yeah, once I run down this earth dust supply, I am going to try the Gaia Green because I see a lot of people doing really well with that.
0: Oh, it works fantastic. I use it not only on my cannabis plants, but also on like vegetables and such. I have a... Uh... I have a cut of uh, some mint that is, uh, it's actually Swiss, a Swiss Ooh. mint. And every year it needs reamending before, you know, springtime starts kind of rolling in. Uh, mm-hmm. I have to reamend it a little bit, and I'll just, I'll put a few scoops of uh, of that bloom in there just to reamend it. And every year it, it comes back full force. So Nice. It's almost like a no-till.
1: Just put it in there and mix it in and boom.
0: That's actually exactly what it is, yeah. And and it's it, it's such a strong mint as well that it also acts as a uh, uh, not a not an insecticide but an insect deterrent.
1: Oh, that's nice. Yeah. What uh, a great
0: side bonus. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess they don't really care for mint too much. I thought it was only peppermint, but they definitely don't like the Swiss. So. Oh,
1: interesting. Let's huh? get some of that the mosquitoes are awful right now this time. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so how about your setup man tell us tell us a little bit about that you said you're in a four by eight yeah i got a four
1: by eight uh gorilla grow tent Uh, i've had that for a few years Uh, i got the gorilla tent when i bought the electric skylights I bought two of them to start and what i noticed off the bat is they're really heavy and uh it was stressing me out the idea of hanging four because each light uh, only covers a two by four area, so I bought the ES 300s. Uh, right now, I have one version one, two version twos, and two version threes because I've upgraded a couple of them over the years. They got three different versions that are out there. I mean, I don't think the first version is available anymore. So I went with the decided to go with the Gorilla Tents, because they were the only one that said that the you know the The whole structure could handle the weight because these wet lights are like 34 pounds a piece or something like that and i was like man last thing i want is to spend all this money and have it buckle on me so i got the four by eight i've got four of the electric sky 300s hanging in there i have a six inch uh ac infinity exhaust band that pulls the air out passive intake um all in all in a room you know that whole tent's in a room so my long room is where I do my air conditioning and my dehumidification. Uh, you know, standard fare, four fans on, one fan on each corner. I got two big fans that sit on the top blowing downwards that helps distribute the heat from the LEDs, you know, from going up it keeps it down on the plants which is nice. And um yeah, right now I'm running that 20 hours on, 4 hours off and I keep my temperature at 82 degrees and I like to keep my humidity, people might get mad at this, I like to keep my humidity between 45 and 50% all the time. (laughs) People get get mad, they're like, oh, you have to have the humidity at 80% when your plants are in veg, and I'm like, yeah, that's all well and good, but my big fat flowers on the other end of that tent, I'm not gonna enjoy 80% humidity, I'll tell you
0: that. (laughs) Oh, absolutely not, Yeah, especially in a a perpetual grow. (laughs)
1: Right, right. So I made the decision early on to keep the humidity low.
0: And I don't don't notice
1: it. You have to water a little more often. Typically, I water my plants every two days. At least I check them for water every two days. And, uh, you know, the little ones don't get water every two days. But on the on the bigger ones, man, when they're going hardcore and getting really huge, sometimes I put two gallons of water on each one. I know, right? It's a lot. You think it seems like a lot. You know, I'm gonna pour a gallon on there, and then I put it back in the tent and put a saucer under it and pour another gallon on it a half an hour later. And in two days, it's you know almost ready for more. Wow.
0: Yeah, oh, that's crazy. Well, yeah, I mean, I, it is crazy. Wow, was... I'm sorry. Go go ahead, man. It, it's that's pretty
1: uncommon. I should say that two gallons is very uncommon. If I look on my calendar. Probably, let's see, we're almost at the end of May. So I don't have a single two-gallon on a single plant anywhere. Uh, There's a gallon and a half. Yeah, see those man bear alien pigs, man. They got huge. And, uh, yeah, after two days, they were wicked dry. So they each got a gallon and a half of water and some recharge. Because with the living soil, you don't want it to dry out all the way. You know, if you're growing in cocoa or even just regular soil with liquid nutrients, you say you should let them dry out real good before you water them again. With living soil, you want to make sure you keep it relatively moist all the time, just not overly wet. Yeah.
0: Well, I've noticed that uh, with, with my autos, I do three-gallon uh, pots of cocoa uh, for more mm-hmm. stuff and the the food that i I feed them is generally i think every feeding I do about fourteen hundred milliliters or one point mm-hmm. four liters, and I'll do that uh sometimes twice a day during uh during their real that stretch and during like when they're doing some heavy flour uh really packing mm-hmm. on some weight to those buds. They'll get two doses like that throughout the day, but um any other part of the the growth cycle it's usually about a liter if that sometimes. 500 milliliters is about all they will drink in the day. Just kind of nuts.
1: Really? Do you water from the top and the bottom or
0: What's up? This is Gordy with Cutting Edge Solutions here to tell you about our premium fertilizer products. We make everything dye-free, hormone-free, PGR-free, and sodium chloride-free. Check out our cannabis-specific fertilizers and additives for your next grow www.CuttingEdgeSolutions.com and you can find us on Instagram at Cutting Edge Solutions Um, well I usually if I'm hand watering or if I'm just topping off because they look they look dry yeah I'll water from the top Um, but I have Mm -hmm. a a little pony pump uh, irrigation system that just runs in and I have a a a spike into each each pot I can actually remotely turn it on and feed everybody Oh, that's convenient. One of these days I you know, I, I
1: I see all the auto watering and systems they got and everything and I actually had an auto pot system for a while and I never ended up using it because I love going in there and messing with my plants. You know, every two days, I'm like, hey, I'm to play with my plants today. You know, I open up the tent, I take them all out, you know, because I'm always checking and inspecting for every, you know, inspecting plants for any potential problems. I like to spin them around 180 degrees before I put them back in. And it's easier on me. I can spread it out in my next room, and I'll water them, and I'll let them soak up any of the runoff, and then I put them back in, and, you know, a half an hour later. And, and uh, you know, so I typically usually – I usually water from the top as well, um, unless I'm, you know, unless I'm dealing with the fungus gnats, because that's another thing about living soil is, you know, there's a very high chance you're going to end up with some fungus gnats, um, which I don't honestly think are as big of a problem as a lot of people make them out to be, They adults don't hurt the plants, and they get stuck in the buds sometimes if they get out of control. But my fungus gnats and I have an understanding. <laughs> I've always got a few. I've always got a few of them buzzing around. But if I see more than ten or twelve, forget it. The diatomaceous earth comes out, uh, and you get water from the bottom with mosquito bits for a couple weeks, and then it's goodbye. I'll see you later in another four months when you decide to come back a little more than you should. Yeah, uh, as long yeah, as I don't, is, built, you know. Yeah, yeah. They, they. You know. I don't, people freak out, you know, like, oh my God, I got fungus gnats. And I'm like, how many fungus gnats are there? Is there, is it five? Is it six of them? And don't worry about it, you know. It's probably, if you put your hand in the soil and 50 of them fly out, then you have a problem,
0: you know? That's it. I got to leave something,
1: I got to leave something for the spider. I got a couple of, you know, usually I got a couple of spiders living in my tent. I got to leave something for them to eat, you know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh. So generally in my tent, um, whenever, I, I usually try to keep them really, their populations really, really low. But um, the last outbreak I had, it was, it's was been a long time now, probably eight months or so. But I actually ended up putting some uh, catch trays underneath, and I would just fill the catch tray up uh, underneath mm-hmm. the plant with water. And that would actually yeah. attract them, and, and they, they end up uh, laying their larvae in, in the water um, underneath the plant in the darkness. Um, uh-huh. And so the way you get rid of them is you wait for them to, you know, all accumulate down there. And you can actually just add straight isopropyl alcohol to it, and it'll destroy the whole colony. Oh, fantastic. That's smart. But the only way that works is you have to not water from the top. Or that Your top right. has to be able to dry out so that the, it's not a habitable place for them anymore, and they'll all move to the catch pan underneath.
1: Right, right. That makes sense. Typically what I'll do is... I try not to time the diatomaceous earth application with any of the top dressing because when I do the top dressing, I really like to water from the top because then you can get all you know all that good stuff down there where it belongs. Um, so I'll usually end up doing a light dusting of the diatomaceous earth earlier on and water from the bottom water from the bottom for a while,
0: and then I'll go back to
1: watering from the top. And then after the top dressings have been worked in nicely, I'll go back to watering. You know. I kind of take it day by day. That's one thing I love about having a home grow. You know, I can kind of do what I want. No one's going to give me a hard time about it. And, you know, I can say, all right, well, today I'm going to water from the bottom because I'm got the diatomaceous earth tomorrow. I'm going to mix it all in and water from the top again, because I haven't seen a fungus that in two weeks, you know, for sure. For
0: sure. That's, uh, and then that's, you see, that's my meditation yeah. spot, man. Like, even though I, I water, you know, uh, remotely like I said I still I'm in there at least twice a day I go in every single day at least twice a day and just look at everybody inspect everybody I make sure that none of the uh, the drippers are clogged or or nobody's too hungry or thirsty I look for deficiencies so that's that's for sure meditating man I love my home yeah yeah
1: I, I thought I was obsessive about my plants I'm currently teaching my oldest son uh yeah he's like my little my dark side apprentice I'm teaching him uh, teaching him the ropes, and he's growing his first photo period right now, and um, I thought that I obsessed over the plants, and now he goes in there more often than I do to look at him, and he's taking pictures and posting them on Instagram, you know, which is good for me because then I can just turn around and share.
0: Heck yeah, that's, that's cool, man. That's cool. Are you guys in a, a legal state? Are you guys have recreational nearby? yeah, oh, yeah, we do.
1: yeah. I'm in Vermont, and they passed recreational a few years back.
0: and uh, I mean, we've been medical here for years. That's fantastic. How's the uh, how's the stuff on the recreational market?
1: Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I haven't tried it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, that's good cause I can tell you here in Washington it's awful. That's why I, uh, I advocate for everyone to <laughs> home grow so they can get some we quality just... medical.
1: Right. They just finally opened up. It's been recreational legal here for four years or five years now even maybe. Um, But they literally just opened up recreational dispensaries last October. It took them forever to, to open them up. And now we got one in Brattleboro. There's a couple in Rutland. A bunch of them up in Burlington. Actually, I went, into the, I went into the dispensary uh, a while ago to get my mother-in-law a vape cartridge for her birthday because uh, she really likes those. So I went in there to get a one and I was, it's a nice place I was looking at. They got some really nice looking buds. My biggest complaint is it's expensive. It costs way too much. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't, you shouldn't have to pay uh, 58 to $70 for an eighth of weed. That's just crazy.
0: Yeah, I heard a lot of the the newly uh, recreational states are doing that, especially uh, Illinois. I heard Illinois has some yeah. crazy prices, and then they tack on some crazy taxes after that. Yeah, Vermont adds, I think, like a 17% tax.
1: Massachusetts, they do like a 27% tax, although the prices are starting to come down in Massachusetts now. They usually have something on sale for you know, 30 bucks or 26 bucks or something like that. And then 27% tax on top of that. Yeah. So do yeah, they have a but,
0: medical program for you guys? Cause so like here, if you're a medical patient and you know, you have a, you're registered and all that good stuff. Uh, if, if you frequent a medically endorsed dispensary here, uh, you don't pay taxes.
1: That's what they do in Massachusetts. I'm not sure about Vermont. Uh, I know that the medical cannabis program has declined greatly since they legalized recreationally. Um, It was a little weird. I used to have my medical card in Vermont before it was legal. Um, The rules were very, very strict. You had to give up some of your civil rights to be able to do it on paper, at least. Um, But, and when they put in the recreational rules, they were looser for the recreational rules so i think like something like 40 to 60% of the medical patients just dropped off the registry and decided to just you know go in the recreational route but i know they still do have medical dispensaries and i don't even think they charge tax at the medical dispensaries Wow, but i'm not sure from med- i don't know if a med card gets you a discount it might i'm sure they you know they probably do uh, just have like i said i've been fortunate enough to never need to step foot in one of them
0: well, that's good. That's good. Keep, yeah. Yeah, keep it that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I wanna, currently, I get you know,
0: craft, craft cannabis needs to stay alive. and
1: That's what I'm talking about, man. There are some people in Vermont right now advocating to, uh, because the, in order to get into the recreational business, you need to have one of three tiers of licenses and the cheapest one is like five grand to get into. And I'm like, man, they should have one for, you know, the minimum license you can apply for is a thousand square feet. And I'm like, dude, I'm over here with 32 square feet. You know, give me something small,
0: you know, that I could that. I can work with. <laughs> hey man, dude, that's what we're screaming out here on the West coast. You know, man. Seriously. I'd love to be able to take my
1: product to, uh, you know, to a local farmer's market on the weekend, you know, and say, okay, here's the thing. And if you know, as long as you don't, sell more than a pound per month or whatever you can you can operate under this bracket of operation that only costs x dollars to the government you know
0: that's it man i mean like you know here craft beer is a big thing you can you can drive along find a craft beer spot you can pull over try some of their stuff they'll give you a tour of where they make it you can sit down have something to eat you know hang out with your buddies yeah, but apparently cannabis is—you can only smoke at home. That's it. I think that's going to change. It's—I mean, I it has so. to
1: change. You know, I can remember—you know—fourteen-year-old me sitting around with my friends, you know, hiding in the woods. You know, hey man, I took—you know—what <laughs> do you think? You think they'll ever legalize it, man? It's like, nah, it's not going to happen in our lifetime. And, and here I am, barely halfway through my life, and—and and boom, it's done. <laughs> I that's think it's going to. I think when it starts moving, I think within the next five years, we'll see federal decriminalization, at least, if not full legalization. And then I think they'll, they'll
0: start to expand the
1: rules and go a little more lenient on it, you know?
0: Oh, absolutely. Especially whenever the money starts getting involved. <laughs> so. Right, exactly. I also think like we like, need hey, to start me... pivoting back to, to using hemp as textiles. So. Yeah, well, yeah, man, it's a, it's a glorious plant, you know, it's like,
1: it's not the only, you know, smoking it isn't the only thing that you do, you know, my, uh, my father has chronic pain, so every once in a while I'll process a batch of Rick Simpson oil for him, you know, and that's like one of the only things that'll help him go to sleep, you know, or that's people it. that can't, you know, it's people that can't smoke, you know, there's people out there that can't smoke, you know, they do edibles and, you know, I mean, yeah, there's so many great things that you can do with that plant, and you're absolutely right.
0: Yeah, what is it? Uh, I think they say it's like four acres of trees is the equivalent of one acre of hemp when it comes to making paper. Yeah. that's true. It is. I mean, I unbelievable. Know, that's, that's just one of the many, many facets of consumer goods that hemp can really fill the void of and better for the environment. So
1: I think I think we'll get there. I think it's going to take a little more time, but I think we're going to get there before too long.
0: Well man, uh at this point of the show, I've got two questions I ask all the guests that come on. So First one is uh you 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 meet a new medical patient or a home grower, let's put it that way. You meet a new home grower for the first time. Uh Okay. They're they're, they're trying to, to They're trying to get everything ready, get everything to go. They're they're learning. They're, they're they got those uh those first plant jitters if that's what you want to call it. What advice you got for them, man? But first, I'm going to ask them if they started yet. And if they say no, I'm going to say, good,
1: don't start yet. First, figure out your budget. Figure out what it is you have to work with, because the last thing you want to do is buy a crappy setup with the money that you have. And then I'll tell them to do research and read and ask questions and try to at least gain a rudimentary understanding of what it is you're trying to accomplish before you start. I can't tell you how many times I get a message from somebody sends me a picture of this leggy plant that's nine inches long, you know, hanging over a windowsill. And they're like, what can I do to fix this? And I'm like, whoa, dude, is this your first time? (laughs) And they'll say, yeah, I put the seed. I got, you know, they want to know where to get the seeds. Where do I get the seeds? Where do I get the seeds? And I'm like, slow down, man. You got to slow down. It's a marathon. We all start at the beginning. If you start with as much knowledge as you can, you're going to have way more success and be apt to keep going. Because I've seen people start growing and then they quit because they don't have success on their first harvest. You know, and I try to whenever I meet a new grower, I'll always show them pictures of my first plants or that I had a camera to take picture of, you know, and say, look, at, <laughs> look at this awful little thing. That's my first plant. We all start in the beginning. You got to learn. You got to ask questions. You got to work in your budget. Yeah, you got to make sure you have good lights. You got to make sure you have good genetics. You got to make sure you have a good growing medium, whether it's hydro or soil or or uh, or, you know, one of those other fancy ones that I don't know anything about. You know, whatever you choose, you got to make sure you do it right. I always recommend people start with soil just because soil is a lot more forgiving. And it's a lot less, uh, you know, there's a lot of, lot less guesswork involved in soil. You have a, a much wider margin of error. You know, my wife said I started growing hydro when we first moved to Vermont, you know, 25 years ago. She's like, I she got this little hydro closet with all these pumps and things like that. And she set it all up and we started some plants. And then in like five days, we had six dead plants.
0: <laughs> Damn.
1: And I was like, do you mind if I take all this shit out and try putting a bucket of soil
0: in here? She's like, yeah, sure. And I did that. And I was like, oh, it's growing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's sound advice. That's it. So, okay. Well, uh, I don't
1: think I left anything out. I think I left, that's a good starting point.
0: And uh, asking questions is the important thing. There you go. There you go. And, of course, everybody at the Autoflower Review Team, we're, we're here for any new growers. If you got questions, reach out to us. We will help you. GrowPro Solutions is a leading lighting manufacturer based in California, offering a range of quality cultivation equipment for the commercial grower all the way down to the home gardener. With their vertical and static grow systems, along with their HM series lighting, allows you to harness the power of the sun in your grow room or tent. Visit GoPro Solutions at WeGrowPros.com. Now, your second right. question. So on the same track. Answer this as best as possible, but you have a new guy coming into your area, your state. Uh, it's going to start running a commercial operation. What advice do you think he needs? Commercial operation. Well, I would tell him to probably talk to a lawyer first
1: and foremost and uh, make sure they're well versed in the local rules and laws. Um, other than that, man. I don't know a lot about commercial growing if you're in Vermont, I wouldn't recommend growing outside. I know a lot of people do it, but I gave up growing outside years ago because I got sick of moldy buggy plants that are constantly get rained on and blown over in the wind and never having enough time to finish um, Commercial growers, I would probably tell them to uh to uh make sure they get good lights make sure uh they have Abide by all the laws, and uh, you know, do it, do it all above the board. That way, they don't have any problems, and get good growers. You know, get people that know what they're doing to help you. You know, get started. You know, I'm not sure about auto. I'm not sure about autoflowers in a commercial grow. I know I've spoken to a few people. Uh, over at Soham that are that are doing autoflower grows for commercial grows. You know, and this one guy was talking about planting 4,700 autos at the same time. And I'm like, oh, man, that kind of hurts my brain thinking about it. I'm like, I got eight of them <laughs> right now. <laughs> I couldn't imagine having 4,700 of them. But, uh, yeah, uh, I think there's a place. I think there's a place for them. I uh, always recommend that new growers that want to start with autoflowers, you know, pick good genetics, and I always tell people if you follow my YouTube video exactly the way I do it, and you have good lights and good environment, you will have you will have uh, a uh, a productive yield at the end of it. I can almost guarantee it. Right on. Well, that's- that gets away from comm- <laughs> that gets away from the commercial aspect of it, but yeah. I hate to say it, but I don't have a ton of advice for commercial growers because that's something I've never been
0: involved in. But I wouldn't mind
1: getting involved into at some point.
0: That's all right. That's all right. That was good enough. I mean, hey, that's okay. that's that's a starting point, right? And as far as autos in the commercial field, yeah, man, they're they're starting to, to kind of come around. Um like I said, Speedrun seeds, those guys, southern Oregon, they're doing auto flowers for the commercial market. I know they're doing nice. a lot with uh auto flowers down in New Mexico, I believe. Um Yeah. There's uh, several uh, places out in California that have have been running with them, too. You know, I know uh, Atlas Seeds, they've been doing lots of work out in California with them. Uh, I've really been trying to advocate for some of the commercial guys here in Washington on the western side to to start running some autoflowers doing outdoor stuff because – you know everyone knows seattle's so rainy so it's it's hard to really uh, finish out any kind of photo period out, outdoors on the western side because the rain gets here yeah. so fast and the cool weather so That's... it just spells disaster same thing anymore.
1: here same thing here in vermont man that rain comes and then you know in september early september you're in frost zone you know yeah. it can happen quick
0: so the i guess the Big thing with that is, is autoflowers. You can actually get two crops down, maybe even three, if you're able to get some out early enough. Uh, yeah, during, yeah, during the summer see. season, and that's before the rain gets there.
1: Yeah, I don't see why not. That's uh, that's a, that's good advice, definitely. On a side note, you should take that Tinto the Verano and get that in some soil as soon as possible, because I've heard really good things about
0: that one. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, that one. And I think you know what,
1: since, since 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 you brought that one up i'm gonna make that the next one that i plant because i've got all the new testers planted now and um, i plan on a cycle i always plant my plants on tuesday so my calendar looks nice and organized so if i plant a seed on tuesday uh typically they take you know five or six days to sprout i won't put week number one until the next tuesday so if you look at my calendar i got all my strains lifted down one below the other so i never know i mean they they're always a couple days ahead of where they actually are cuz if i plan on a tuesday it usually sprouts by saturday or sunday but i count the following tuesday as day 1 and it helps keeps it more organized so i every two weeks i put those in on tuesday so i'm going to do the i'm going to do the tinto verano on tuesday myself
0: that sounds good well i've got some space coming open here soon i'm going to stick mine in there too and maybe nice. we'll compare Pheno's. yeah that'd be fantastic <laughs> <laughs> That sounds good, man. Well, cool. uh, before we get out of here, man, tell everyone where they can, uh, with, what you got going on, where they can find you, where they can ask you questions. Uh, let them know what you got going on. So, holy crap, you to have
1: to bear with me. Can you still hear me here? Okay. i got to go over my phone. So I do have an Instagram, and you can find me at farmer.hatbeard. Hatbeard is all one word. Uh, I believe if you just search for farmer hatbeard, uh you'll be able to find me. You can also find me on YouTube, and I can tell you the name of my channel. There is also Farmer Hatbeard at, all one word, Farmer Hatbeard. Um, if you're on Facebook, you can also find me there. My Facebook channel isn't very active, but it probably wouldn't take you too long to find out my actual name, and then you can follow me there, too, if you want. Um, and... Um, yeah, those are the ones, man. Those are the, definitely the ones. Uh, I could give an email address if you wanted to, uh, if anybody had specific questions that didn't have those platforms that wanted to reach out, you could reach me at, all one word, greenheartgrower at com. That's greenheartgrower, all one word, at gmail.com. So feel free to throw me an email if you have any questions or comments or anything like that. And uh I don't always check them right away, but I always check them, so you will get a response for sure.
0: Well, we know there's definitely a a following and a fan base for that Sohum Living Soil, and you're definitely the man with the plan when it comes to sohum so if they've got issues or questions we're going to send them your way we also have you here in our discord so you know they we have plenty of people here in our discord that that'll probably be hopping on the sohum bandwagon to try it out so right on uh, right on with you here as well but uh, yeah that sounds good I'll, I'll i'll try to
1: spend a little more time familiarizing myself with the whole discord thing because i'm I'm very new to that (laughs) but luckily i've got some i've got some older kids that are really into it that can show me the ropes pretty easily but i made it in here and i'm gonna i'm gonna call that a win
0: that's it. That's it. Well, here in our Discord, we, we keep a log of, of everything our team grows. So if, uh, if you know that you're, you're looking for something, you're looking for a specific autoflower, you want to know what it looks like, you want to see how it grows, chances are our team has probably grown it. We've got pictures up that are updated weekly, so you can see it week by week. There's all kinds of good oh, stuff nice. in there, man. Um, cool. Can we post our own pictures there, too? Absolutely. Show us your grow. Absolutely. Oh, right. All the right all the breeders have their own channels as well. So it's very well versed. Who you, you need to get in touch with someone or you want to talk talk cannabis, get in our Discord. Fantastic. All right. Sounds like a plan. Right on, man. Well, I think that's gonna do it for this episode of the smoking section. So you guys, if you aren't already, go follow him. He's over there at farmer.hatbeard. And don't forget to keep up with everything we've got going on here at the Autoflower Review. Like I said, hop in the Discord. Uh, you can, of course, find us on Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. If you want to find it, out anything about any of the products we've talked about, uh, if, you know, our reviews, like I said, with the team, the week-by-week pictures, if you want to just show us your grow, hop in there. Uh, the link for that is all on our website and on our Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Remember to like, add us to your favorites on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. As always, grow for good.